Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 260 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angela. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angela, thank you for coming back. Um, some people are not aware. I think this is a moment for, for seriousness here, but we did an episode two weeks ago about the Benadryl Hatman, and then you decided to do a flatliners. You decided to go experiment. You decided to disappear for a week. I want to hear about your two, like week, like 10 day gap of Hatman shenanigans. Well, I've come back from my joyride with the Hatman. And I've made a discovery, Brian. The door is open, Angela. Proverbial and literal. Go ahead. After many containers of Benadryl <laughs> and using said Benadryl while watching the uh, acclaimed movie Oppenheimer, you see where I'm going with this. The hat. Finish the thought, Angela. Yeah. Is in fact J. Robert Oppenheimer. Folks, you hear it, you heard it here first. Angela making the deep dives, taking the scientific method to its fullest extreme in order to bring us the content that we crave. Um, no, we just we took a week off. Things were going on. Life was going on. Uh, you you worked an open house event, right? So I did, and um, I don't know if anybody like has worked at any open house, like anything where you're hosting people to come in and look at things that you do. Right? I mean, people just call that retail. But in my case, like having working an office job, if you're working on a Saturday, we don't normally do that. Lots of people coming in, lots of talking, and that's exhausting because you have to be on for like seven hours. And normally, when I work my regular office job, uh, as people who work in offices know, you don't have to be on all the all the, all the time. You could just like chill out in your own seat for a bit. That that social battery stuff is – and I was just talking about this with a friend of mine like yesterday actually. How like even post-COVID, I'm still learning to cope. Like I had a very social week and it took a lot out of me. Not in a bad way. I just – I saw a lot of people last week and uh, I'm I, – we spent yesterday just sitting, my wife and I, just because like we just – we had a very long week socially. I'm picturing you and your wife just sitting and just staring at a wall. Off into the distance, yes. We, yeah. we both picked a wall and stared at it. Like a cat. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, except I'm not cleaning my own butt, you know, okay. with uh, with my tongue. That's yeah. the only big difference between my cat and I, I think, at this point. That's a good difference to have, though. <laughs> I agree. Angela, I have some personal news. I don't know if you're ready for this one. Oh, boy. I'm going on vacation. Uh, I thought you were going to say you were pregnant. No. Like I'm... you, yourself, like right. twins it, style. No, yeah. was it twins? Was it twins? It's junior. That, it's junior. I get yeah. those two movies confused, but it, because they're both... Are, is... They're both Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Okay. Yeah, Easy twins is their, their twins. Junior yeah. is... Yeah. Okay, so I'm going. I'm going for the first time ever to Europe in May. Oh, going wow. to London for ten days, and then we're doing Paris for five. How four, are we recording so. the podcast? I don't know. That's up to you to figure out. Okay, we'll see. Well, so if anyone is interested in co-hosting with Angelo Fiorentino uh, in the month of May, let Angelo know. Angelo, uh, can people email you? Is that like, are you just email double density podcast yeah, and say I would love to co-host with you, Angelo? Yeah, that'd be great. We'll opening see. the door to anyone who wants at this point. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll see what happens. You know Maybe. what's not fun, Angelo? What's not fun, Brian? Getting your car stolen. That's awful. It is awful, right? And uh, with that in mind, I sent you a Guardian article of, all about how um, keyless cars are very easy to break into more than ever, which is not a surprise if you know anything about technology because, you know, you watch the Jetsons, everyone's zooming around. It's all perfect. Um, Suitcase we're using car. advances in technology for, like, very positive outcomes. And that's not the case. Human... Uh, selfish greed gets in the way a lot of the time, right? So there are um, uh, there are two sh- show uh, two articles in the show notes. One from ARS Technica from last year, and one from the Guardian from uh, like. I love that you say that February. wrong on purpose. What ARS Technica? I love saying it that way. Okay. Why do you want to say it the proper way? Ars Technica. There we go. 
Anyways, um, so last year it was all about figuring out how to sort of take the car apart in order to physically uh, hook yourself into its system, more or less, in order to steal it. So, uh, for example, like taking the headlight off and then hot wiring yourself into the system through the uh, headlight um, control option, right? Because it's like a there's like a main processor and then there's a bunch of like um, different things that control different parts of the car. And you can kind of uh, you were able to sort of weave your way into being able to steal the car in that way. And now it doesn't even matter because now there are emulators that emulate the, the carless entry stuff um, that are the size of game consoles. So I'm, I'm picturing more of a Switch, less of a PlayStation or Xbox. It'd be weird to hold up an Xbox next to, uh, you know, the Ionic 5 that got stolen, I think, right? It's a little more conspicuous to hold up an entire gaming console. <laughs> Let's face it, though. These nerds are, are carrying around uh, Steam decks. <laughs> I mean, listen, these are the easiest way to get in, right? Yeah. I, um, I have never had one of the vehicles i've owned stolen my dad had had his honda crv stolen which is a very highly sought off sought after vehicle from what i understand it's one of the the most stolen but it wasn't one of these fancy ones because it's like 20 years ago but i don't have this type of feature in my car my car is a very bare bones thing it has like bluetooth in it that doesn't even really work with our phones anymore because it's sold and we just have a little button we can press to unlock the doors. But to actually get the car moving, you need to insert a key. The idea of this is lovely, right? Like you're walking to your car, your door's already unlocked for you. You sit down in it, press a button, and you can just go. And I feel like that would be really nice. It'd be fun to have. But at what expense? Yeah, so let's talk about that for a bit, right? Let's uh, Firstly, like you're talking to a guy who drives a 2012 Corolla. It's, it's in great condition, don't get me wrong, but like key. It's definitely key. You don't have. You had another car that had an actual kill switch in it, though. Yes, I did. Yeah. So I went uh, a while back. My parents. I was borrowing the second car for my parents that had uh, the the mechanic built in a, uh, an actual literal kill switch apart from the key because that's what it, what was happening is that even when the key was off, the car still stayed on. Yeah, it did it like reversed hot wired itself. Yes, essentially, yeah. Uh, to always be on, which is not a good idea if you're driving no, a car. No. But yeah, let's talk about convenience versus you know the threat of uh, things getting stolen in, right? So. Um, the article in The Guardian mentions a very old-fashioned way of protecting the car. Yes, I laughed when I read this because I just remembered the commercials from, I want to say, late 80s, early 90s, where this was all the rage. You saw it everywhere. It was called The Club. I don't know if that was a strictly Canadian naming or if that was a universal thing, but it was an anti-theft steering wheel blocking system, right? Crime is rampant in America. A car is stolen every 20 seconds. Police need your help. I'm Deputy Flack, and please, wherever you park your car, lock the club on the steering wheel to prevent your car from being stolen. And from what I understood, though, is that if a thief was determined to get your car, if they were a professional thief, they would easily be able to take this thing. And that's, that's the other thing, right? Like, So this whole console thing where they go up with the, and just hack your car like that, a lot of it's really convenient. In the case of where you have a car on a list that an actual good car thief wants, they will take it no matter what kind of security features you have. I want to. I want to share an. I think it's a question example. of degrees, right? It's a. It's a question of degrees at this point. Yeah, and and I have an example for you that somebody mentioned to me. So this is third hand information, but from what I understand, this is what happened: is that they had a, a nice. I think uh, one of those Escalade type or Yukons, you know, those big... The larger, the yeah, larger, the, yeah, the larger fuel burners, yes. Yeah, and I, they had seen on their camera 
outdoor camera, seen people kind of milling about wanting to steal a car, and they caught them and they ran off. So the next night, like before, like the police can come to like kind of figure things out, they park their other car behind the the other car, right? So that they couldn't easily steal it. What happened is that while they were sleeping and didn't see this, these thieves came back, removed the retaining wall from next to the car <laughs> and drove, got the car out and then the truck and left with that. And it was a professional thing because they saw a really expensive luxury car pull up. Three or four guys came out of it, took care of the other car, and they were done. Yeah. So, you know what? You need? I, I think a much better way to handle that is to sleep in your car Blade style, right? Blade and then, like, Ultra Beast says, rise from the grace. No, I'm just imagining, like, you know, Blade with his swords and gun, just, you know, and the Kevlar. Like, I'm, I'm picturing Wesley Snipes Blade, right? Okay. Just lying down, face down. No one can tell because the windows are tinted, obviously, in the Escalade. Sleeping in the back. Someone tries to break in. Then you hear the Ultra Beast rise from the grave. Rise from your grave. Um, sound get played, and then you just he just goes nuts. He goes ham, right? That's how you protect um, your stuff. In my world, at least. So yeah, I don't know. Like it's just yeah. Let's talk about convenience, right? So it's funny that uh, new tech is causing enough problems that we have to revert to old techs. And let me talk about full circle again, right? Um, when cars first started getting, getting manufactured, like eighty, ninety, a hundred years ago, the Ford Model T only had one key. And then as time continued, they developed several other keys for several other cars. But for a long time, even into the fifties, you could get into a car that was the same make and model as yours with a key because there's heard- only. A number of variations on it. Well, this was recent even with Volkswagens up until like the 80s from what I understood. Yeah, it's 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 interesting that we are trying to solve uh, the same problem uh, through different lenses of technology almost. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing with all technology though, right? Like the more convenient it becomes in many cases, the less secure. Do you remember when nobody used to put pass keys on their phones? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I can't imagine, like now... In this case, the way – I mean, at least for iPhones, the way they are now and the way Face ID works, it's it's very secure and really convenient. I don't even notice Face ID. But – and there's new measures on phones now to prevent people stealing, right? You've heard about all those. The, the Wall Street Journal did like a deep dive onto this and and it really caused Apple to rethink the way that they use security on their phone because people could reset your Apple ID password with just your passcode. Yeah, if they had your phone. And that's terrible. Absolutely. And lots of drunk people in places were giving up their passcodes by accident. And people were stealing phones and making lots of money off of it. So unlike you, I do not use Face ID to log in. No this, way. Right? I well, forgot. We've talked, talked about this? Yes. Is it a work thing? Nope. Is it a you're afraid of faces thing? Nope. Is it a faces of death thing? Let's say, Angelo, something happens to you, right? Okay. You run afoul of the law somehow. Okay. You're innocent. Mm-hmm. The cop can just hold up your phone and take a look at everything. Not if you change your face. 
Well, yes. If you were talking about doing a face-off style face change, sure. But what I mean by that is I feel the passcode for me is more secure these days because I don't want anyone, you know, even taking my phone. For example, if someone took my phone from my hand and unlocked it somehow, they would just see my face. It does need to have, uh, if you have it set to like having attention to it though, right? Like you, you can't be sleeping. It won't unlock. No. But what I'm saying is that, like, there are, are occasions where it would be conceivably easier for someone to, ironically enough, take my identity. I understand what you mean. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, so that's why I'm still a passcode like, boy. Yeah. And this is like a convenience security. Well, you thing, never right? leave the house, right? So it's not a huge thing for you. Like, I left the house, house today, Brian. I left the house today. And right. Okay. Bought a okay. And you left the house last week to go to open house. I know. I know. Like once a week when you make your pilgrimage out or like I, twice I leave, or three times get, a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You make your pilgrimage outside of your man cave, which is not really a man cave. It's just there's a printer and some guitars and, a, yeah. you know, your computer. <laughs> yeah, um, there's no big screen TV yeah. in here. I was going to say, like, I am a man of the people. I, I mean, although for the, cost of this, yeah, for the cost of this Apple Studio display, I could buy a really nice big screen TV. But I, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with my, my studio display because that's what I, I use yeah. every day. But I think the larger problem when we talk about this, though, is the, this idea of the Internet of Things, right? And how easy it is to hack into the Internet of Things. Right, and the the Guardian article talks about how a lot of uh, car manufacturers have sort of taken a backseat um, in terms of like robust security in the name of innovation. Right, so the idea of wanting to create these like awesome cutting edge cars that attract attention with all these features, including all of these like you know the 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 keyless car entry and things like that, without taking into consideration the possible downsides or the possible use cases where someone can corrupt whatever feature they're in. Right, because. Let's be honest. You and I, we both know there's going to be a time in the near future where people gain illicit control of of electric cars. Yeah, whether I or mean, not, whether or not, you know, it's going to be uh, mass in scale. That's another question, right? But there will come a time sooner rather than later where someone weaponizes the electric car and uses it. And I'm very, um, I'm not looking forward to hearing that news report. Let's say. I mean, I do that all the time in Cyberpunk 2077, <laughs> where I take control. We don't of, have to wait until 2077, yeah, dude. Exactly. 2028. Exactly. Let's say. Oh no, I totally get it, and. I am, as much as we're joking here and are... Oh, no, the last, the last statement was very serious. Like, I'm very yeah. depressed by the idea of weaponizing the Internet of Things to turn against um, homeowners and even anyone on the street, right? Like, innocent bystanders. I'm very concerned about that. Yeah, and our, you know, apart from our small little disagreement about face ID, like, we're both very security It's not a disagreement. Oh, yeah. I think it's just diverging yeah. points of how to handle something. And I don't like... like if having... it works for you, it works for you. Exactly. I, and I'm not, you know, we, I have a podcast about technology, and you have one, too. And we, it's, it happens whoa, to be the same what? one. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I and, thought it was a podcast about friendship and technology. Oh, okay. And the paranormal. But, and the paranormal, yeah. Neither of us are really hardcore into the smart home thing. Like I have HomePods, no. but I don't count as they like they don't control my house necessarily because I literally have four smart plugs and a few smart lights in my office, and that's it. Because I don't want too many smart things because they end up having a lot of problems. It's funny you say that. I think that you and I are both um, skeptical, both in the paranormal side of things, and then also on the tech side of things. Like we are not necessarily early adopters most of the time right there are some instances where i will hop on something new or whatever but i feel like you and i by and large are people who want to wait and see and understand what the use cases are and then understand what the worst case scenarios look like right so wanting to create a smart home for myself is not a top priority it's not even you know a priority no not at all at this point well okay so i i mentioned briefly if you i don't even know if you even heard it uh before when i said i was i went out to buy a fridge today and we went. We just needed a very small fridge. We have a, a second fridge in our basement. We have the luxury of being able to have one. And we decided when the fridge broke, we're like, ah, we don't need a second fridge. Well, after three weeks of not having a second fridge and sadly going to Costco and not being able to buy anything because I have nowhere to put it, we realized we want a second fridge. 
And looking at the different fridges, we bought the simplest fridge because it's a small one, not expensive, whatever. But there were some fridges with television screens in them. Oh, yeah. Like, beautiful, like, really nice, well, but... Do you remember Silicon Valley, the show, right? Yeah. There's a whole concept, there's a whole subplot about, about exactly. the, the Internet of Things fridge. Yeah, and really huge technological advances in something as mundane as a refrigerator, though. They're really nice, really sleek, but we... we it wasn't for us right now because, again, yeah. like I said, this is. But also, like, what's the, what are the use cases for the computer screen? Like, what well, that's what it. practical thing can you think of that like you can't do otherwise? Well, all these fridges are a lot of them were well, not a lot of them, but I saw several with Wi-Fi connectivity. And so that's the last thing I want. I don't want something else clogging up my Wi-Fi network. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I like I like to have. Sorry, dude. I DDoS bones. your fridge last night. You know, yeah, like seriously. I don't hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't care. I mean, I run so many things more so than most people via Ethernet. Yeah. I have, I think, five or six things plugged in with a wire to the Internet. And it's, that's yeah, I only a, have that's one, but that's thing. because we don't have uh, – we live in a very long rectangle-shaped apartment, so it makes no sense to run wire everywhere. But if I could, I would. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I'm lucky enough to have an open basement ceiling, so I have a couple of Ethernet switches and – Printers plugged in, Macs plugged in, PlayStation TV, the Apple TVs are all plugged in, right? Because Ethernet's more stable. So your biggest enemy isn't the internet; it's a pair of scissors. Yeah, because somebody could just snip my cables. <laughs> a big problem in everyone's life. Yeah, I am. I I don't want to say I'm surprised about any of this news. I mean, obviously I'm not, but I'm surprised at the quickness by which this uh, is developing, right? Because you can pick up an emulator. And it's so funny how they call they they used quotes for the word emulator in the Guardian article. Yeah, um, I mean, why would they do that? As, a, as I don't a know because it's not a proprietary name to me. Like people would understand what an emulator is, they understand the word emulator. Right? So yeah. I don't know why it's there. Yeah, maybe because it's not exactly an emulator, and that's kind of like I'd be curious what the Guardian style guide is. And I'm not going to look that out, but I'd be curious to know what that is. Because um, yeah, you could just pick it up on the black market for like a couple of thou, and then like you could you're you know, you figure out where your Ionic 5s are, and then you, know, you multiply your purchase by uh, 10 with one car, right? So Yeah, there's lots of those cars around, too. Are you are you trying to tell me something, Angela, here? No, not at all. I just, I wonder if there's anything like this happening with Teslas, too. Like, Tesla, one, like, I, let's say, let's put aside the problems with Elon Musk. What's actually cool about Teslas is that they're sort of like Apple in that they make their own hardware and software. Yeah, so it's harder to crack. Yeah, that's kind of a, a good thing with Teslas. Would I buy one? I don't think I'd want to buy a Tesla at this point just because of – and it's it's dumb, right? It's like you should separate the artist from his work. No, you should but, not sometimes. But some in this case, like Elon Musk is just really awful. So I kind of don't want to use anything he uses or or owns. Right. So, you know, I, I don't disagree No more blood that. diamonds for me. <laughs> well, that's a whole family lineage right there. Yeah. How dare you? Uh, yeah, so I'd be curious to hear what people's thoughts are about, you know, um, this keyless, entryless, uh, entryless society. Entryless, that'd be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get in my car. <laughs> Double Podcast at gmail.com. You can head on over to doubledensity.net. Click the contact form. Let Angela and I know how you feel about a keyless right. society. I'd be kind of curious to hear about people who use the Internet of Things and how um, successful or worried they are about – oh, you're waving your hand. Yes. Yeah, I, I just have a question. If anybody is listening to this in their car that is keyless entry with their cool – what is it? Like audio deck in their car? What do they yeah. call those things? Remember, yeah, when, like, remember when car radios are like a big thing? 
Oh yeah, remember subwoofers? Remember yeah, those? and you would like you would you'd see people leave their car with a little radio in their hand, like a like a little oh, yeah. briefcase. Yeah, a little tape deck and everything. Yeah, yeah. of course, in the CD. I remember that. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So let us know. You can also hit us up for, on um, on Threads Double Density Podcast, and also over on Instagram Double Underscore Density, but not on X. No, sorry, it's Double Density Podcast over on Instagram. Gosh, I'm getting so tired and confused. And then double uh, underscore density over on X, which I do not post on much anymore. And I mean, the sun's shining. We're actually recording in the afternoon. So I love like this. It should be I love this. We're going to try to do this more often. I agree. With that being said, let's head on over to the paranormal side. Let's head on over to the future. When I befriended a group of aliens just three years ago, I was lost. Do you believe in a cool group of down-to-earth aliens who love to hang out, have fun, and have great ideas about what kind of food you can eat? No, that's crazy. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So when I mentioned at the top of the episode that I was taking a vacation, it wasn't a humble brag, you know, and I apologize if it comes off as that, but it's because I started anchoring my research on England on France, different places would go for day trips. And this is not a place I would go to um, necessarily, but I want to talk about Liverpool for a second. Yeah. Let's say you're walking down the street. Let's say you're just hanging out, right? You're just uh, singing a Beatles song. Singing. Sure. Singing a Beatles song. Um, you know, uh, maybe going to see a footy, footy game. Yeah. And, um, you know, suddenly you, you're walking down the street. Let's say you're walking down Bold Street, right? Bold Street in Liverpool. And you start taking a look around. and Things are not what they seem, right? One second, you're in 2024, and a minute later, a second later, five seconds later, it's 1965. All the cars are different. The streets are slightly different. The buildings are different. The people are dressed differently. Friends, you've just entered what is known as a time slip. Would you be able to go there and pass some Beatles songs off as your own? You could have been the one. I'm not doing the plot yesterday. Oh, too bad. But you could have been the one, or you go see them. And show them some cool songs. Maybe the Beatles could have released higher. I'm not. I'm not doing. That at all. No, you don't want to like show the Beatles some Creed songs. <laughs> no, but I want to talk about something. I want to talk about old white guy Avengers for a second. Okay, can we can we talk about old white guy Avengers for a second? Sure, sure, sure. Sam Mendes is doing a biopic of each Beatle. Yeah, you had sent me something yes. about this earlier, and then I guess yeah. it ties in well to this time slip Liverpool yes. thing. So yeah, so the idea of four different movies. For e- like one for each Beatle, I am not looking forward to. I will not see them. Obviously, there are legions of people who are willing to have selective memories, uh, especially as it re- you know pertains to to John Lennon and domestic abuse. That like you know, I uh, separating art and artist yet again is difficult, right? I will tell you, uh, like let's see if we come back to this in a few years, but I don't see any of this happening. This is going to be in development hell. You think so? Yeah, it's not happening. I think that they had so much grief. Getting the four estates, or sorry, the so basically like you know uh, Ringo and Paul are still alive, so them, and then the two estates to agree to authorize this. That there's such a sunken cost fallacy in it that it has to happen. This will be another uh, Fantastic Four thing. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's a Roger Corman thing here. No, you Though don't if think Roger keep... Corman got the rights to four Beatles biopics, I would be there in a second. The Fab Four, in this case. Picture this, right? Ringo's especially, right? Ring, like, what it is, it's a single unbroken shot of Ringo on a stool staring outside a window for 89 minutes. The 90th minute, the other three Beatles appear at the door and ask him to join. Could you have J.K. Simmons screaming in his ear? 
that he's off time. <laughs> we could get that, or you know, Brian Epstein, who was their uh, uh, manager at the time. If you know Brian Epstein playing the the Nick Fury role, perhaps right? right. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I would love to know what the Beatles post credit scenes look like. He sits down point. with with Paul and say, "I have I have this uh, Fab Four. I have this new initiative." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Anyways, uh, uh, neither here nor there. But yeah, you're in Liverpool. Take a walk down this beautiful street, and suddenly, um, the bold street time slip phenomenon has been reported on by many people. So, I don't know. Uh, how do I put this delicately? I don't know if it's osmosis psychosis. Yeah, and like, what are the what are the time frames on this? Is like, this is this happened over the course of many years, or is this? Yeah, like a yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing? So people have reported this for at least like uh, two and a half decades. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about time slips just in general very quickly, right? Um, they are spontaneous in nature. So time slips typically occur unexpectedly and without warning. Um, they don't last for very long, right? Only yeah. a few minutes at most. Uh, there's some sort of disorientation or confusion when you happen because it's obviously such a shock that suddenly you're not on the same street you thought you were. Um, there's a, a high level of historical accuracy. So I'm kind of curious um, the correlation between interest in history and time slips occurring because I think there might be a connection there. And then um, – Obviously, there's no objective evidence of a time slip, right? It's all relational. It's all stories. And then um, time slips have parallels in, like, folklore and mythology where, uh, you know, basically it's, like, accidental temporal uh, time travel for, like, a minute or two, right? Yeah, you have to kind of understand what were these people doing before this happened to – since in this specific case, too – People seem to kind of expect it to happen because it's been happening there for a while. So the people that it's happened to, were they aware of this happening to other people, right? Like that's yeah. something you might want to take into consideration. Were they hoping it would happen? Are there areas of that street that are kind of unchanged since the 60s? Was there it's a really a, great question, yeah, right? Right? Like there, um, was there a, a 60s community. convention at that point? There's a Reddit community called Our Time Slip, which I found was very interesting because uh, it's like semi-active. There's people, there's several people, people posting in there um, about things like non-existent towns, and uh, uh, I post. There's a link in the show notes to a story all about a uh, vanishing hotel in France from 1975 that I thought was really interesting from the Time Slip subreddit, and uh, it's kind of like one of the more famous ones, right? And I just, um, it kind of reminded me of all these like sort of like. It's kind of like a trope almost of the vanishing hotel, the vanishing motel in the horror movies, right? The idea of it only exists in a time and a place. You're not quite aware of the fact that it exists. And then as you leave it, it disappears kind of – it's very interesting that way. Yeah, I'm actually familiar with the one in France because it's one that I read about in a in a time travel book once and really stayed with me because it was such an interesting situation that these people got into. It reminds I, I just finished uh, oh, a couple months ago reading Neil Gaiman's Sandman, and the, that there's a story about that where all these historical figures gather in this like hotel that only appears like once in a while, which I thought was really interesting. Also, it made me think of Last Night in Soho, the Edgar Wright movie, even though it's not a time slip because uh, spoiler Anya alert, Joy, like, I'm, it's on my to watch list. Okay, so well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but Anya Taylor Joy just goes back in time every night. Yeah, yeah, that I, that I know. Although I I keep getting thrown off by that movie because it it says it uh, falls into horror, but it, I don't imagine yes. it being horror. But okay, I can't yes. wait to see it. All right, good. Yes. Okay, cool. watch it. Oh, That's okay. all I got to say. Okay, good. I liked it. A lot of people didn't. I could see why people didn't, but I actually think it was a, a really um, solid movie. That is coming from someone who recently saw Madame Web too, right? So, Yeah, you, you got your Morbin on. <laughs> your Madame Web. Dude, I've never seen a movie that is both a minus 16,000 on 10 and then a 13 on 10 at the same time. So that bad and good at the same time. Incredible. Like, I would go, re- like, it's room level bad. There are several lines in the movie that are room level bad. What do you think? In of their Dakota delivery Johnson? as well as their content. From Dakota Johnson, yes. Yeah, what do you think of her? Uh, she was the worst part of that movie. Oh, man. I, By far. I've seen her in some stuff, and she's been okay. 
But I think like the whole Fifty Shades thing kind of threw things off for her. I think the other problem too is they're not quite sure of the movie they made, like what tone it needs to strike. So some of the stuff is trying to come up as like Riley comic and it's really not. Somebody um, needs to help Sony with the way they handle Marvel stuff because obviously the way they handled Spider-Man as part of the MCU worked really well. Yes. Now just think we have we have Craven on the horizon, right? This fall. Yeah. Uh, which I have like faint hope for even though I don't, but even though it's like I'm excited because it's a very violent movie and I'm very excited by the prospect of a violent movie like that with Craven the Hunter. And then there's Venom 3 on the way too. So I'm kind of curious to know. Um, I know that a lot of people are complaining about how the Sony movies are actually tarnishing the concept of superhero movies, you know, including Marvel's output because it's all kind of put together. Like a lot of the public doesn't know the difference between the two. Yeah, I I showed my daughter the trailer for the next Deadpool movie because... And I wanted to see her reaction because when I saw it for the first time, when I saw the TVA was going to be involved from Loki, I audibly gasped because I was like, wow. So then when I watched her, I was curious to see what her reaction would be. And it was pretty much identical to mine. And now... Is this is this the first Deadpool movie you're going to allow her to watch? So we will be watching the other two movies. Okay. We're going to... Like, she's going to be 15... I feel uh, like in a in a curated kind of way, like talking about it, as long you know, obviously I, she understands simulated violence. Yeah, I just can't remember honestly the violence. I, I, I'll uh, she knows that's fake, and I think she'll will laugh at it. Yeah, I can't remember if there's nudity and stuff in them. That's the thing that's like that'll be awkward to watch with your dad. There's but no that, nudity in there. There's no nudity. Okay, okay. So like, I, th- I think it's if there is, it, there may be like some stripper club stuff, but nothing too crazy. Hold on, I'm looking up uh, Christian reviews for Deadpool. Just give me a second. Oh, the poor Christians must be terrified of this movie. Ooh, uh, uh, one on five, positive, real mo- uh, 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 positive role models. What? Four Wade on Wilson? five for sex, romance, and nudity. Uh, Vanessa, who's initially a prostitute, flirt and kiss. And then there's a uh, montage that includes a bare breast. Oh, oh dear. Okay. Maybe you can take a bathroom break. Yeah, maybe. But whatever, I think it'll be fine. Uh, we want to. The movie comes out till July, in July, so we'll be watching it then. Is but, she comfortable drinking? Because this is a two on five. Adults drink in a pub. Some are drunk. Adults smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I mean we're always drunk and smoking in the house. So that's <laughs> that's a new fine. skill. You're 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 upskilling the family. Yeah, but back to time slips. We we had our own little time slip here talking about uh, the MCU and stuff. But it always comes yeah. back to the MCU. Unfortunately, yeah. We're, I think I'm just pop culture disease in that way but yeah let's talk about more esoteric stuff let's talk about time slips right um have you've never been through a time slip i, imagine, I have right? not i've always found them interesting though and i'm surprised this is kind of like the first time we're talking about them. i know because i i'd research our archives and i took a look at, our, at a bunch of stuff and i was like we've never talked about time slips i find them fascinating yeah uh, also um i'm, I'm really familiar with, the, with with one of the ones you posted too so Oh, we'll talk about that in a sec. But I'm kind of curious about the interplay between um, time slips and deja vu as phenomenons, right? Because I've experienced deja vu a lot in my life. Yeah, same here. And that's just a glitch of your own personal matrix. Yeah. I wish wish I'd written some of the stuff down in order to prove that I was was precognizing of certain things. Um, But unfortunately, that is not the case. But yeah, I I do feel like all of this, like, I don't want to say like in-your-head phenomena, but definitely like internal phenomena that you, like, you experience a time slip alone usually. You don't experience it as a group, apart from the hotel people. But yeah. largely from the research I've understood, most people, it's it's a solitary effort, right, that you then have to try to convey and explain to other people who may be nearby, like literally feet away from you. I wonder if, um, so I just finished 
the uh, TV series, uh, what is it, 63, 11, 22, 22, 11, 63? <laughs> yeah. I can never remember yeah. the... Do you remember? Well, it's JFK's assassination. Yeah, and it's... No, I just don't know the order of how they say it in the... Oh, I see. Title, well, in Canada, right? We're, we do it the wrong way. And so, this, yeah. No, we do it the right way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but according to Americans... Oh, you're making a joke. Okay, yes. I apologize. But he sort of has a time slip and like he, he walks through a closet and he slips into the, a specific date in the 60s. And then when he when he changes things, he can come back and then just if he walks through the time slip again, it always resets, right? Yeah. So it's that's sort of a but that's a real time slip. Well, can see the problem with that though is that you like same thing with the Chronicles of Narnia, right? You go into the 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 wardrobe closet and you you jump into Narnia. Um, I don't know if it's the same because of the fact that like it isn't spontaneous. You plan it out. Yeah, and in Narnia, it's it's parallel, and and you can just yes. you you make changes there. Yes, yeah. yeah. Shout out to the Aslan heads out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I see you, and I appreciate you. you but yeah, I do agree he that a, uh, he has a particular set of skills. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, a good job. Um, yeah, I'm kind of really interested in the phenomenon of like all the things that live inside of you, like you know, like deja vu, um, and just precognition too, as I was saying before, and and time slips, right? Like, how do you? It's like how do you write about music, right? Or like things like that. How do you translate one form of visualization into words or into something to convey to another person? Right. And I think something like time slips is kind of hard to explain uh, to someone else. Uh, once again, also I'm curious to know um, on the historical accuracy tip, how that would work in terms of if you brought a historian down, right. And then you try to convey what happened and explain to them, and they're starting to ask particular questions, or if you get hypnotized, yeah, right, in order to sort of like explain what has happened, I'd be very curious to know in those instances how actually historically accurate it would be. Well, that brings us to the next one, where he doesn't slip backwards in time; it was a slip forward in time, and he ended up being pretty accurate with certain changes he saw. So let's do it. Yeah, double density. So the next one we're talking to is Victor Goddard's flight, where. He slipped into the future. He was flying over an airfield that actually had not been used for quite some time. In 1935, he was flying over it, and there was like a weird storm, and he ended up flying over this field that actually had people on it wearing uh, blue uniforms with yellow airplanes, which, to his knowledge, were not part of the, the Royal Air Force. He flew out of it came back and once discussing this with his colleagues realized that that field had not been been occupied since 1919 a few years later though the royal air force changes their uniforms and colors some of their airplanes yellow matching what he saw then him realizing he hadn't slipped into the past he had slipped into the future it's kind of really interesting that way that like it, it's almost like a what's n- uh, new is old again kind of of interest in, in thinking about right. And yeah. the thing is like we have to understand like Goddard didn't have any um, uh, formal say in the coloring of planes uh, in the RAF. Exactly. So how did he like? Is it coincidence that he nailed both colors and the fact that that field actually reopened with those specific things on it? That's pretty amazing. There's something there's I don't think he had a time slip or anything. I don't know, but maybe he did. Like what what happened here? How could he have and this is documented, right? It's not yeah. like after the fact he said, Oh yeah, yeah, they were yellow and blue. You know, right? He didn't he right. said this at the time of it happening. So that's kind of neat. 
So something I want to talk to you about maybe, and like we've talked about this before, but like vibrations and frequencies, right? Like the human body, the human tuning fork, like what if you're hitting certain instances at certain times where you're just catching something that is a glimpse into um, either the past or the future in such a way that it's only fleeting, right? Like, you know, when you uh, – kids don't know this these days, but like take the radio dial, right? Sometimes it shifts slightly, right? Yeah. When you, uh, when you have a non-digital tuner, right? So you got to turn it back and forth in order to get to the – so I'm just – I'm kind of wondering if through that lens, um, things like time slips would make – more sense obviously once again all conjecture like we can't scientifically prove that we are human tuning forks um but it is very interesting to think about that as a way to explain these momentary slips literal slips in time either backwards or forwards too right yeah this i this one really sticks with me though because it's not like he was seeing the past where you know if you do some studying, you can kind of see everything that happened in the past. At a certain well, I was going to say, like, also, like, you know, this versus something like past life regression, right? It's just, it, you know, and obviously, of course, there are outlying cases where there are. It's pretty um, incredible, but who Well, knows? I was watching Unsolved Mysteries, right, as I always do. And, the little boy, uh, the fighter certain, pilot little boy, is that the one? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's like there are certain instances of children who say stuff that they have no idea, uh, would, shouldn't they have no idea about that actually were people in past lives, right? And. I don't know. Sometimes I think like the elasticity of the brain, right? Because like as you grow older, you kind of lose a lot of that edge from coming out of the womb when you're not as fully formed. Like when you're when you become like quote unquote like fully formed as a person, right? So I'm wondering if there are like tendrils attached to you that allow you to to collect that information um, uh, earlier as like the re- the the psychic residue is on you as an infant. Yeah, well, lots of elasticity gets lost as you age because sometimes I look at something incorrectly that might be too heavy for me to pick up and it hurts me. So <laughs> I was going to say, are you lifting fridges again? Yeah, I am not touching a fridge to lift, let me tell you. You want to talk about Carl Jung for a sec? This was a weird one that you hadn't put in, but I'd come across and I didn't realize. I'd never heard that Carl Jung was having time slips. Uh, everyone knows he's... He's a famous psych- 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 psychiatrist, I guess he was, right? Like he's, he's a, he was a researcher and in psychology. Yeah, a psychiatrist and a psychoanalyst. Yeah. Psychoanalyst, sorry. And he was visiting the tomb of, of Galla Placida. Uh, she was the daughter of a Roman emperor, the Theodos, Theodosius I. And she was also the mother go. of uh, Valentinian III in 4th century AD. And Young took in some of the mosaics in this religious building called the Baptistry of Neon. And uh, I, I kept wanting, I kept hearing Neo in my head. And uh, I kept thinking about the Matrix. Because, <laughs> and not Neon Signs. Yeah. And he remembered having this weird feeling when he was there and remembering these beautiful mosaics that he later found out didn't exist there. So his hypothesis is that he was actually feeling a connection with Gala Placida and visiting mentally. So this was more like a mental time slip, right? He didn't right. actually move into well, the Well, I mean, space. all time slips are kind of mental in nature, if we're I, being pedantic. I guess, but he this in this case, he was with somebody there. Right. Right? So, But he remembered seeing these things and then wrote about them in his book. And, and it's kind of interesting how somebody who has these acknowledged theories also had these kind of out-there theories, too. So I'm kind of curious, like, and uh, I know we haven't done a ton of research on this, but I'm wondering if ever he found something that was, like, one of the most, like, what did the mosaics look like? And if he found a real world sort of, like, analogous to them. I imagine not, but I'd be curious. No, yeah, from what I read, he never did. Yeah. Uh, He, he, but he remembered them with great detail and explained them and the colors and everything he saw. Imagine he ironically then created them. Yeah, that's. So he creates a time loop, not a time slip on himself. Yeah. 
like that's the thing with time travel is that uh i love how different movies and fiction explains time travel because it's kind of fun and you know going back to the mcu again but i I really (laughs) liked how endgame did time travel because they kind of like laughed at all the other stuff about it because how it doesn't really change anything in certain ways like you can't change the past like it's just weird it was just odd how they they were able to to explain it yeah i mean like there are endless ways like obviously because it's not reproducible you can't really uh you know you can it's fun to think about obviously and like i know that certain people have like dedicated their lives to figuring out time travel and i admire them for that uh i don't have the brain the heart or the the body for it i guess um but you know until it's reproducible uh there are an infinite number of possibilities right about that ironically enough exactly Right, you can go you in the past. You're shrinking down. You're like, so you're no, like, it's just you're... it was my 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 very expensive uh, studio display follows me, right? So like, it was following me in a weird. It way. was just funny because you look like you're slinking down as if trying to hide, as if trying trying to figure out how time travel actually works, and just yeah. waiting to, to to end this call to go work on your um, secret project and back. The other day, did you uh, need the parts? Oh, this is it. You needed the parts of a fridge to start building. Yeah, that's how you go back in time, right? Like you go back, and <laughs> instead of getting infinity stones, you get uh, infinity fridges. <laughs> infinity fridges. Which I think is the name of this episode. Let's be honest here. Yeah, Infinity Fridges is the title <laughs> of this episode. Any last things that you want to talk about for time slips before we end episode two sixty? Not really. Other than I just find them really fascinating. That it's something that can possibly happen to somebody, and if it's real, it's spectacular. Stealing a line from Seinfeld. I was about to say like Terry Hatcher style. I agree. Did you know she was in a movie with Andrew Dice Clay before I forget? I do. I love that movie. Why can't I think? I can't think of it right now, but I I can't. It's like Project Something. I I saw a tweet about it like a week ago and I meant to follow up. Brain Smasher. There we go. That's it. Yeah, I I saw Brain Smasher as a a kid, basically, because I just thought it was really weird. He played a bouncer that he had to protect protect her. It was like one of those early Terry Hatcher movies, that and Tango and Cash. Yeah. <laughs> uh yes. Anyways, like I, I feel like we are we, we always do like backdoor cinema pod instead. Um But yeah, I feel like this is a good place to slip back into the end of the episode, Angelo. Oh, I like something? how you how you slip that in there. Uh I related before how people could find us. Now it's your turn to screw up. Well like I always say, the best place to go is doubledensity.net and there's a form you can fill out and that goes to our double density email address, which Brian mentioned earlier. Our, our double density podcast gmail.com address, which itself is just a portal of sorts to collect all of the timely correspondence that people want to send us. Yeah, a time portal. <laughs> this has been it for episode 260 of the Double Density Podcast. As always, you can tune in every week, more or less. Um, Angela, you promised no more drug trips for the next like couple months. We're good. I don't know. It depends how many Christopher Nolan movies I watch. <laughs> really, really good point. Uh, tune in next episode as Angela and I reenact, I don't know, uh, a uh, uh, tight wire walk we'll see like maybe we'll do an evil Knievel kind of thing and sort of you know i can uh, totally into... jump like seven school buses on a bike yeah or a gorge right let's just jump the gorge together sounds good hand on, in on hand on a tandem pedal bike i bring this full circle because i said this podcast is about friendship right and so friendship tech the paranormal but mostly about friendship we're gonna be jumping tandem bikes yeah. angel i will see you there in the sky my friend friendship like my little pony <laughs> <laughs>